This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym, and I'm the producer of the theatrical variety show, The Bedpost Sex Show. Here at the podcast, I invite guests and performers from the stage show and beyond into the studio to uh, have a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality with me. And this week, I have two special guests in the house. I guess we'll just start with my first guest. This is Josh from Wheel and Breach. Hello. Oh, hello. How are you? Oh, I am lovely. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh my God, are you kidding me? I've been uh, following you on like on the IGs. Yes. On, on the, the grams. On the grams. Yeah. Somebody actually. Somebody yes. just uh, texted me the gram this morning. They're like, "Oh yeah, I gave her a follow on the gram." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> Hi! Tell people who don't have the privilege of following you on Instagram, <laughs> what what even is Wheel and Breach? Wheel and Breach is a company that's basically me and my partner, and we make kink equipment. Uh, yes. We mostly of wood. There's some leather. There's some brass. There's whatever looks good, but it's uh, impact play equipment. A little bit of restraint. And uh, it's all made in by me in my workshop. Damn! I really am curious. How does one even? How does one even get into doing that? <laughs> like, what's what's the very first moment? I guess that you developed an interest and that kind of set you on the trajectory for Will and Breach. It sort of started, I, I've i been a woodworker my entire life. Like okay. My father was a woodworker, his father before him, going time in memoriam. <laughs> and uh, so I've been woodworking my whole life, but I ended up like going to school in the arts. I ended up working in the arts for like 10 years. Yeah. And then finally there was a moment where uh, I got laid off from a job. I was just kind of casting around, and I realized I wanted to do something for myself. I didn't want to necessarily, like, draw a paycheck from somewhere. I wanted to be freelance. So I was looking at how can I apply my woodworking skill somewhere, and... To an entrepreneurial something. Yes, I was was casting around, and so much of the woodworking world, like, there are so many people doing whatever you want to do. But uh, my partner was working at uh, a sex shop at the time, and so I was seeing, uh, like, what sort of stuff was out there, and, like, I was looking at it and honestly going, like, I could probably do this. I could probably uh, give some effort and try and make something that looks better than uh, what you can get at a normal store. So that's kind of where it started, and I realized no one else was doing this. Like, the number of people who make... Uh, kink equipment, especially of wood, it's a very small number. Hmm. So, so there is a market for you. Yeah. So I was like, hey, this is this is perfect. This is an untapped market that I can like really put my effort into. Yeah. How yeah. long ago was this? This was 
literally one year ago. Oh my god, wow. You're yes. new to the game. Yeah, no, uh, we've been... I didn't realize that. We've That's been amazing. Looking, we've been looking at our calendar going like, wait, our the first sale we made was, like, literally one year ago. And, like, that's where everything started from. So. Congratulations. Oh, my God. So, okay, so you're in, you're looking at what was in the market already, and it just was not not great. Were, it, it, were you looking at things and thinking, oh, if it did this, this, and this better, then yeah, it would be a great implement. But. It was a lot of that. It was a lot of, like, the large, um, large manufacturing companies like, I was looking at their floggers going, like, oh, they, like, like how simply it's being made. Like, you can, mm. as, as you break it down on, on a manufacturing standpoint, it's like, oh, this takes, like, 15 minutes. They, they're, they're making this out of the cheapest materials, and it's like, oh, you could do it better. You don't need to have, like, hollow cores in here. You can make it out of solid wood. You can, you can have, like, real leather. You can have, you can have so much more than kind of this, like quick and dirty design so yeah that's yeah i work in sex retail as well actually and like it's shocking how poorly made a lot of implements are like i don't know if i'd want like i i'd be i don't know half the things i'm like is this safe for me to like you know put in on my body like is this just gonna fucking destroy like just get just fall apart like i know it's it's, it, it seems like everything will be good for, like, yes, after the second hit, you won't want to look at... Uh, it, yeah. it, it, it's just going to fall apart after that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of sex and sexuality products are, like, nowadays, like, me, even for me pushing, like, an item for somebody to sell it, I'm like, oh, well, this is kind of a one-time-use item. And that's crap! Like, why does it... Yes. Why are they one-time-use items? Is not, this stuff shouldn't be disposable. This yeah. Is, yes. Why does it... Why does it have to be? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be. No, no. And, <laughs> and so, so much of... Like, I kind of connected through... Like, I can make this better. And also just coming from, like, being a woodworker and being the like, weird, obsessive craftsman that I am, I was looking at everything like, no, I can make this stronger. How can... I, I, I can make this last. Because I used to have a lot of fun just making woodworking tools. Like, there's a lot that you can make yourself in your shop, which saves you money when you don't need to buy it. Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff, of course, people are really obsessive about, like, okay, how do I make this the best? How do I make it gorgeous? And how do I make it really functional and long-lasting? And it's like, yeah, no, I can, I can apply this to other fields. I can, I can use this to make kink equipment that, that if need be, you could like build a house with it. The, 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 <laughs> the bells are strong I, enough. You can just. I want to live in that house. That yes. is the house that I want to live in. Um, what, like, what were you making previously to fetish implements? A little bit of everything. It was yeah. a lot of uh, smaller. Uh, my father before me made uh, jewelry boxes and cigar humidors okay. and like small kind of tabletop sized woodworking stuff. So I was following in a lot of what he was doing because also that's what the that's what the wood shop was set up for. It's like it's great if you're making something that is small enough you can hold it in your hands. Terrible if you're making something that like sits on the floor and you sit on. Or- yeah you eat dinner on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was just building a lot of small stuff. I was building, I was building a lot of tools because it's the sort of, if you're a woodworker and you don't know what to build, you just build more stuff to do woodworking with. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. It's self propagating. (laughs) Uh, so I was doing a lot of that 
to kind of start things off. So tell me about, okay, so you were like, okay, I'm looking at these products. I can do this better, I think. Um, what was your very first? My very first was a paddle. Yep. Uh, it was made out of, um, like, construction-grade, um, like, spruce, like, two-by-four material. <laughs> it was nicer than that, I will say. I, I shaped it. I, I, I did a lot of work. A lot of the, uh, it's where I started a lot of the design ideas that I carry through to my stuff now. But it was just kind of built as a proof of concept because yes. I am into kink. And so it was even like much in the same way with woodworking, you build your own tools because it's cheaper and you feel like you can do it better yourself. It was the same thing of like, well, I need to spank someone. You know what? I will build a paddle. <laughs> I uh, will build it. Yes. And, and they will come. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully. I mean, if, 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 idea. if you're good enough, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, that's kind of where it started. I just built a... Oh, actually, uh, my memory being the sieve that it is, <laughs> before I built that maybe a year previous, I actually did make a flogger. The first thing I made was, and this was really in when I was back in the weeds of just kind of like being a kink enthusiast yep. and needing and like wanting to not spend money on things. I made a flogger out of just really simple. I think I went to um, just a, a, a leather shop, yep. got, got a little off cut uh, piece kind of made it on a very simple, like, design, and, like, it it lasted me. It was really good, and so, like, I think I started there. That was the very first piece, and then mm -hmm. it was a paddle, and then as soon as I made the first one, I was like, I can keep doing this. I can make this better. This I is can... the thing I can do. Yes, and 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 then my obsessiveness, uh, my obsessiveness took over, and I was suddenly like, no, no, on the next one, I'll design it like this. Yeah. I'll change this. I'll, I'll move this here, and then it just kind of I fell down a rabbit hole. <laughs> Did you use that first paddle, that first vlogger, like, so that you could have, like, a trial and error kind of... Like, for science! For, for science! <laughs> yes, it was, it was all for science. Uh, that's, that's, that's my entire life. I just do things for the testing of it. Um, but, yeah, it was, like... When I built that flogger, it was not at all, like, a thought of, like, hey, I can It do wasn't this. a prototype. It wasn't a prototype. It was just, like, a... Maybe this... I can build this thing, and let's see if I can. Yeah, it was, like, I can build this thing, and also I can save, like, a hundred bucks, yes. because I don't need to go out and get it. Uh, but then, yeah, with the paddle, that was, like, oh, this is a prototype. I can I can keep doing it, because it happened at the right time of, like, me needing to find uh, somewhere to uh, put my energies. <laughs> and so at that point, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 this is a thing. This 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 can be a thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. spruce, is that a heavy wood? Is that it's a... It's light. It's a light wood? It's okay. light. It's, it's, like, it's the cheapest stuff you can get. Okay, yeah. It, it was very much just a, like... I, I, with a lot of my woodworking, I ended up, I use a lot of, uh, and, and for any woodworkers listening to this, they'll be screaming into their podcast listening devices. Uh, I, I used a lot of like, uh, material, like kind of construction grade wood because to me it kind of felt like, um, it's like newsprint for woodworking. So right. like you can, you can putz around with it, 
it costs you nothing. Like a two by four costs three dollars, and yeah. it's eight feet long. You can get a log wood out of that if you have an idea in your head. You make it out of that, and then you can move on to move on to something that's yeah. good. So it just gives you an opportunity yes. to like play and experiment yes. yeah. inexpensively. Inexpensively, indeed. So what about the second uh, paddle or implement you made after that? The second one I made. This is where right, I... Right, right away where you like, okay, let's get the quality shit, let's... Uh, it was, it was a slow stepping up. It was like the next, it was like, what do I have lying around so I don't need to go to a lumber yard first? <laughs> I get um, the feeling you're a thrifty fellow. I am, I try to be a thrifty fellow. <laughs> I, I, I will talk people's ears off about, oh my god, I just found this supplier. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, hour and a half away on the 401, but, uh, I can save three dollars. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, the next one I made, the next one I have memory of, because mm-hmm. as I said, memory is a sieve, yeah. <laughs> uh, is, uh, I, 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 I suddenly was like, okay, what is the extent I can go to? Like, like, what is the craziest thing I can make? So I ended up making this massive paddle out of, um, the, uh, I also, in doing all this stuff, had to come up with names for all the parts of things because like there yeah. isn't there isn't scholarship on kink equipment of knowing well this is the this part and this is the this part so you had to build a vocabulary I had around to build it. A vocabulary. that's kind of cool yeah it, it yeah. was fun so i have like the blade of the paddle is the part that spanks and the handle is the obviously handle. the handle <laughs> uh and so the i made one with a blade of uh white oak which is really heavy, and it's about an inch thick, um, and a handle of African blackwood, which is this gorgeous, gorgeous wood. Like, if you've ever looked at a wind instrument, like uh, like an oboe or um, any... any. I'm not a musician, so that's the only name I can pull. <laughs> so, um, oboe. <laughs> yes, an oboe. Exactly like an oboe. Um, they are turned out of African blackwood. So, like, it is the wood that... When people talk about ebony in a lot of cases, mm, African okay. blackwood is what they're actually looking at. Gotcha. And I luckily had a piece around because my thriftiness means I know lumber yards usually have offcuts of African blackwood from blanks for making musical instruments. Wow. And they're reasonably priced, so like I made this like over opulent giant massive paddle and You freegened it. I, I well <laughs> low low I, I think the blank was like six dollars. So it's like uh, somewhere in between. Um, so and, sorry, this opulent thing. Yes, I yeah. made this opulent, massive, heavy paddle just to go like, okay, this is this is as far as I can go. <laughs> so you did both extremes. You're like yes. this spruce little thing, and then like just this insane thing. Yes, and then you just between now in the past year, just fill in the blanks. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it it becomes this game of like I have a dozen different woods that I like and I use, and like okay, how does this look with this or this with this? Yeah, and then. Yeah, it was past that point I started getting into understanding a lot of the um, principles of the woods and what that means, because some woods are very light, some woods are very heavy. Yeah, and how that translates yes. to sensation. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. It's It's been a lot of fun to learn that, like, uh, lighter woods, um, they're lighter. They won't hurt as much, but they make a really great noise. They sound like you're doing something. Really heavy woods really hurt and sound like nothing. Yeah. It is... Because the sound is, yeah. is all, all part of the experience, right? Yes. Yeah. And so it's funny, like... The, it can be very pleasing to hear a certain type of sound while you're getting hit with it. Yeah, it's... it's so uh, all things to consider. Yeah, it's it's so much a case of, like, um, uh, if, if you're using the lighter one, yeah, it sounds really great. 
And then usually, depending on who you're doing it to, sometimes they're like, yeah, I'm not feeling that. That's, that's like, that's nothing to me. Mm-hmm. And then I use the really heavy one, and it sounds like it has a silencer on it. There's there's no noise. It's like, oh, ow, ow, It sounds ow, like a brick. Ow. Yes. <laughs> Hitting, like, dirt. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, Josh, where did you kind of get, do you have influences behind some of these products, like, where did you get your ideas from to do a lot of the things that you do with wood? I, I, I realize I need a pull from so many places because, like, uh, there is no, no, like, um, uh, scholarly, like, handbook. Research. There is no handbook on this. So it's like, I'm just, like, pulling from wherever I can get ideas and information. And so, like, um, when it came to, like, uh, what woods are good at, like, bending and not breaking for the crops and such, uh, I, like, looked into archery, and so I was starting to learn about, like, uh, hickory is used a lot in bow making because it bends without breaking, and it's very springy. And so I ended up uh, learning, like, so having having to learn how to do... Um, archery smithing uh in order archery to smithing. do yes. is that what it's called i'm sure there's a word and i'm sure some <laughs> archer somewhere is like yelling uh but yes archery stuff making yeah. people stuff uh and so i did that uh, to learn about that and then uh in, in in like the densities of woods and like what works well for what uh like a lot of people if you're looking for woods you can't just like you can't go to lumberyard and ask what do you have that's light yeah no one no one categorizes woods by density it's something you find in the backs of books and like it's it weird weird tables of uh numbers but uh luthiers people who make guitars um if you're making soul body electric guitars, you need to make sure that's light enough that like you won't die if you have it slung around your neck for, for hours at a time. And so those woods are talked about a lot. So like I was just kind of like stealing that information and knowing that like butternut is really good and alder is really good and swamp ash is really good. So stealing that I love knowledge. these names. Yes. <laughs> Uh, they they are lovely. I I, I love uh, how 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 strange and yeah, uh, whoever's job that was to yes. name woods. Yes, and then sometimes they just give up. And it's like uh, there's there's in addition to purple heart, there's like yellow heart and green heart. Okay, are we done today? Okay, right, good. Yeah. Uh, Is and, it five o'clock yet? Yes, uh, and then uh, for uh, for the nipple clamps that I make. Uh, on the inside of them, there was the checking, and that came out of researching gunsmithing because oh. uh, on the uh, stalks of guns there is that like uh, textured checking, so your hand doesn't slip, and that's um, that's basically what I translated onto the inside because I realized, oh wait, this this works. This is this is how you make a a non-stick uh, textural pattern. And so, yeah, that's a lot added in as well. And, like, even though I am, like, really squicked out by guns overall, Mm -hmm. I find, like, I I ended up watching this, like, YouTube series of this old guy, like, talking through uh, how to do gunsmithing just because it also adds a lot of metal and woodworking together Ah. and and makes me understand, like, oh, here's how you can fit this together and here's how you can do really sculptural work. So even though the entire time I'm, like, I don't want to be the guy who watches gunsmithing videos all day. <laughs> At the same time, I was like, wow, this is really good information. The, I can, yeah, I can really the engineering on that yes, is really yeah, that's quite... Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So tell me about, like, the range of, like, stingy to thuddy. 
It's, uh, yeah, I, th- th- that was part of, like, learning as well over the last year of, um, like, I wanted to kind of make something that would work for, like, make make a toy that, like, can fit in every slot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, Tell me, like, the categories the of categories, sensation. I guess the lightest would be, I have, uh, I just call them slappers. Yeah, and right, it's, yeah. It's, it's um, a, like, a eighth of an inch thick uh, little strip of, um, I usually use uh, hickory, because mm-hmm. this is this is my wood nerdiness of needing to know, uh, like, what woods work best for what things, yes. and some woods are really great at being flexible but not breaking, and hickory is lovely at that. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, those are very light. I basically the design of that one came out of the idea of people use rulers. How can I make a really pretty looking ruler? So yeah. I basically made a ruler with a handle, and I called it a slapper. Yeah, and that's really light, really springy, really stingy. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of flexible, like a ruler. Uh, uh, yeah, it has flex to it. It's it's uh, it gives a lot of noise, lot not a lot of not a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. After that, I have... Uh, I feel like that would be great for, like, like school teacher, yes. student type role play. Yes. Is it... Because it, does it kind of resemble a ruler a little it, bit? It, it sort of resembles a ruler. I feel like all of my stuff just somehow taps into this weird, like, proper Victorian level. Ooh. Like, everything looks, like, over-engineered and highly considered and, like... Artisanal. Yeah. Artisanal. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I have uh, that. And that's also really great uh, for hitting more sensitive areas because uh-huh. uh, it's smaller so it can fit in tighter spaces. And it's maneuverable. It's maneuverable. <laughs> uh, so there's that. And then uh, it, it kind of goes through this, like, encyclopedia of paddles depending on how thick the uh, the blade is, how wide it is, what wood it's made of. I have some that are like, I have one that's like maybe an inch wide, a half inch thick. So it's almost like if a cane and a paddle were crossed. Hmm. Uh, that one's, once again, really light, uh, really stingy. And then as it just progresses through heavier woods and larger larger blocks of wood until it gets to, like, the large, like, white oak. Or, uh, <laughs> I, I, I found great, great uh, promise with uh, Purple Heart, which is a wood oh. that everyone loves how it looks because it is purple. And everyone loves the name. Yes. And, yeah, the, the <laughs> right name away, so, I'm like, tell me more. Yeah. It, it's so beautifully self-explanatory. <laughs> wood basically comes in one of two styles. It's either the most self-explanatory name or the most... <laughs> Uh, obtuse name that you have no idea what it is. There's Purple Heart, <laughs> there's Zebra Wood, and then there's Imbuya and Paduk. Um, but yeah, it just kind of like progresses through uh, to like the heavier, really thuddy pieces. And then I ended up kind of going off, going off on all these tangents of I make uh, riding crops, mm-hmm. and uh, when I started making those, I got obviously really obsessive on it, and decided... <laughs> As one does. Yes, and decided, like, how can I make a riding crop that's basically made in the same way one would have been made in the 19th century? Mm. So the shafts are made of wood, which, if you buy any normal commercial riding crop these days, it's usually a plastic or a fiberglass shaft. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. So these are actually made out of... I, I had to engineer how to turn uh, uh, hickory shafts uh, with the with the correct taper that they need to have, so they're springy at the top and not springy at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So I had to engineer how to do that. I sew my own like uh, the top 
this is a name that I didn't make up. They're called the Keeper, the little tab of leather at the top. Yes. So I sew my own keepers. I turn the handles. I, I put them all together. And it's like, this is exactly what a riding prop would have been in, like, 1890. Had you, is... you seen anybody do that before? No. I, I maybe found, like, dregs of, like, weird old GeoCities internet pages for, like... <laughs> For, for for makers in France. Angel Fire. Make, yes. <laughs> uh, that still make um equi- uh, that still make actual equestrian equipment in the in the classical way, but these are also people who I'm very sure are about like eighty five years old and <laughs> don't know what the internet is. Yes. And so like their niece made it for them. Uh <laughs> made made this site for them. But yeah, it's like no one else is really doing this because it's it's for a, use. For use. Yeah. Uh, because it sounds also, like it was more of a collectible for. It's more of a collectible. It's more like if you start. And I have friends who are big into horse riding. Uh, if you start down that path, it's apparently just it's it's <laughs> it's an addiction of of uh, buying the most opulent, gorgeous Crop. leather leather dripping uh, stuff that you can get. And yes, and of course they would make it for that. Yes. Yes. So, okay, can you tell me, just for people that may be curious about buying uh, a certain implements, what implements are made for doing what specific things? Can you give me a little rundown on that? Like, if they're looking for a certain type of experience, what sort of an implement they might want to look into? I would say there's one scale of like beginner to experienced so if you are starting out on uh impact play and trying out things and seeing if it is for you yeah there are the lighter smaller paddles i have one line of paddles that are um kind of oval shaped uh, to be honest they do look like ping pong paddles that <laughs> that was the visual reference for them and they're really great for trying things out because okay. if you think about a ping pong paddle it's light mm-hmm. You can hit a person with it, but you won't uh, really bruise them. Mm-hmm. And it's a piece that, um, I mean, if if you're an experienced player and you're using it, I kind of have the question of why are you using it? Because it won't it won't work well if you really if someone really wants heavy impact and heavy play. Mm-hmm. But it works really great if you're trying things out. But then if you're a more experienced player, it then works really well for. As I said, hitting more uh, sensitive areas, uh, the, the 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 genital uh, the regions, bits. the bits, <laughs> the bits can be hit with it quite nicely. Right. Um, and then as you uh, ratchet up through the toys, it just becomes a what you're comfortable with, like what what achieves the level of 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 sensation that you want. Mm-hmm. And then uh for things like like the tangents that I go off on, uh the crops are really great. They're not the first thing you'd go to if you really want to infi- inflict pl- pain, mm-hmm. but they are really great if you want like discipline, if you want to lead someone around, if you want to tell someone they're doing something right or wrong. I mean, that's what they were used for horses, so right. they just as well for, for humans for your partner. Um <laughs> And then I have an entire another line of... I was looking at 19th century uh, police batons. Ooh, okay. And so I started to replicate, like, full-on the uh, the designs of them and, and make these things. 
and uh, some are out of uh, very light woods, so they're uh, better for inexperienced or just kind of like beginner light players. Play. Light play. And then I have ones that are made of really heavy, exotic, tropical woods that are mean, mean things. <laughs> and uh, I've uh, there, there are a couple of uh, professional uh, dominatrixes in the city who uh, specifically really loved them and wanted them because... They are really great when you really want to get Deliver. your point across. <laughs> yeah, get your point across. Deliver a, a beating. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and, like, what, uh, in your experience, have you found are, like, the most popular items that you sell? Uh, anything with Purple Heart in it. Yeah, yeah yes. That yes. one is just... Everyone loves it. It is, it is gorgeous. It does... It looks great under mm-hmm. all different lights. It just kind of like it sometimes looks kind of really pinky. Sometimes it's like a dark bluey purple. Sometimes it, it it is it is beautiful. It's a also, mood ring. It's a mood ring, and also it is uh, really dense and really heavy. So mm-hmm. uh, I make smaller paddles out of it, and it they pack a wallop for how small they look. Mm-hmm. Um, other another thing, uh, another tangent I got into were making nipple clamps. Yes! Because... Uh, I saw those on your Instagram. <laughs> I was like, ooh, okay. Those, uh, I, I love the fact that, once again, they just tie into, like, this over-engineered Victorian-looking brass and brass and wood uh, design. Yeah, I'm like, this and, is kind of steampunk. Yes! <laughs> and uh, the thing with so many nipple clamps are, they are all, like, even if you buy them from a sex shop, they are something that's been repurposed. Like, uh, even the, the, the famous clover clamp... They're called clover clamps because uh, there is a Japanese sewing manufacturer named Clover that makes them as they are a clamp used if you're stitching silk. They're used to hold silk if you're stitching it. Okay. And so basically most, if not all, clamps you see out there are actually like repurposed uh, bits of like electronics gear or something else. And then the manufacturers just can't buy it. will like dip the tips in silicone. So, so they won't. And there you go. Put it on your nipple. And there you go. Yeah. (laughs) And so I want to build one from the ground up. I want to like design, design the better clamp. So I ended up with the two bar design. uh, And on the insides, they are cross hatched. Uh, so they have a really great grip to them Mm -hmm. without needing to, like, you don't need to really tighten them up to just have them at a level where they won't come off. Mm -hmm. So they're really great that they offer... You won't have a nip slip. Yes, you won't have a nip slip. (laughs) Uh, you, you can, uh, tighten them on so it's like, it's a lighter sensation. You don't need to have them, like, crushing you, unless you want that. Mm -hmm. But you can have them lighter, but at the same time, then you can also, uh, like, your partner or you yourself can grab them and, like, uh, twist them a bit. You can do a lot more sensation play rather than just, like, Having them there, set it and forget it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you can actually play with them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was another, and those have proven to be really popular because it is such a, like, everyone I've talked to have said, like, I've never seen anything like this before. Mm -hmm. So it was like this, this new thing. That's amazing. Yes. Um, okay, so we're wrapping up our first half here with you, Josh, <laughs> already. Um, are you able to tell us all the social media info for Wheel & Breach? Uh, yes, it's all really simple. Um, uh, on Instagram, it's Wheel & Breach, uh, <laughs> and both of those words are spelled not the way you would expect. It's <laughs> W-E-A-L and spelled A-N-D. Breach, B-R-E-E-C-H, and for those people who are wondering what the hell does that mean, 
Yeah, uh, it's a good wheel, question. Yeah. Wheel is a uh, like a old English word for a welt or like a red ah. welt, and breach is a uh, old English word for a butt. So <laughs> I, I I love the subtle little joke that wheel and breach is welt and butt. <laughs> That's fantastic. And then on Twitter and Facebook, it's the same Wheel and Breach. Mm-hmm. And then my website is wheelandbreach.com. Fantastic. They can yes. purchase your impl- implements from there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's all available online. And then I'm carried in uh, shops both uh, in Toronto and in Ottawa, uh, soon to hopefully expand elsewhere as well. Means, can you say what shops in Toronto? Uh, I have a lot of Toronto, Toronto listeners. I'm at. Uh, Kink Toronto, mm-hmm. I'm at Good For Her, and I'm at The Nookie. Mm-hmm. And then in Ottawa, in case anyone's there, mm-hmm. I'm at uh, Venus Envy and The Alternative. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Josh, for coming and speaking with me today. Everyone, this has been Josh from Wheel and & Breach. And we'll be right back after a uh, brief word from our sponsor. This episode has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With its feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Enter coupon code BEDPOST when you check out at comeasyouare.com to receive a 15% discount. And don't forget that shipping on orders over $50 is free in Canada. So that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T when you visit comeasyouare.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to the BedPost Podcast. I'm here with my second special guest. It is Tal from L'Amour Propre. Was Very that good. A, was that good? <laughs> that was good? You say it, you say it, you say it. Uh, l'amour propre. Oh, that is that is just music to my ears. So what? Okay, so you guys are partners. Yes. Yeah. Um, and your business partners or sister businesses. <laughs> yeah, they they kind of really go together. Yes. Uh, and and tell us how. What? Why? So what is what is l'amour? Help me out. Propre. L'amour propre. Good enough. <laughs> Better. <laughs> You're getting there. Uh, honestly, I'm never expecting anyone to be able to say it. By uh, the end of the podcast, it'll be. I'll have it. Don't worry. <laughs> awesome. Um, so uh, on our first show, uh, instead of just having just like our implements, so back in uh, February at the Erotic Arts and Crafts Fair, um, we had made uh, key tags and pins as kind of something like, if people wanted to support our business but couldn't afford like the equipment, it was a nice like little thing they could buy. Mm-hmm. Um, and something to put by the cash, exactly. you know, like, like your impulse items. Yeah. We want to have <laughs> sort of impulse items. Um, so that's where those kind of came from. Uh, they weren't like what he was mainly doing. Um, and then, uh, by our, like, I think our second show, uh, in June, cause he waited forever. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't ever putting it up on the store, but like people kept asking for it. And for so the pins I, and yeah. for the, yeah. Cause they wanted custom ones and we kept like, they kept like mentioning, oh yeah, if you contact us, but he would never put up on the site. So I was like, I'm going to take over that shit. I roll by Josh over there. It's <laughs> exactly what happened. <laughs> um, so, and then also, it was something that I could take over uh, when he was too busy doing uh, other prep for shows. I would 
be able to take over the engraving stuff because I have zero idea how to do woodworking. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of terrified of it. Uh, even being out in the shop with him sometimes, I don't want to be out there. I'm afraid he's going to hurt himself. And then I'm just like, oh my God, stop. <laughs> so, that's not me. <laughs> um, so you're saying, so tell people pins. What do you mean by that oh, even? So I, I, we do these uh, double pin back uh, black pins. They're like name tag ones. They're actually... Uh, the exact ones that the Canadian military uses. Really? Cool. <laughs> so You guys are cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it works for like that extra level of role play if you really want. Yes. Um, or we've done like pronoun pins that work really well for people when they're at work uh, because they look so professional. We've actually had a few co- uh, uh, stores actually use them for their uh, their employees. Uh, we've had Planned Parenthood contact us. Uh, the Planned Parenthood in Ottawa actually uh, is getting one for all their employees out there. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's so good. So I've had a lot of people being like, really happy that they have something that isn't just like a normal little button it's something that's very professional looking that they can wear at work mm-hmm. and still like be able to present their pronouns instead of having that awkward like conversation you know. every single time they speak to someone <laughs> though also it's sometimes they look like name tags so people have had have bought like feminist killjoy and <laughs> people have actually assumed that's their name <laughs> come on <laughs> so when they come into that they're like they've had people look at them and be like is that what, is that your name? Mrs. Killjoy? <laughs> I mean, that would be a kind of a really cool last name. Uh, and then we also do, uh, currently also do collars. Uh, we're hoping to expand a bit more, but the collars were, um, because uh, we had a bit of leatherworking stuff, mm-hmm. I really wanted to do a really cool uh, like a secret Santa gift for my coworker, mm-hmm. uh, and I wanted to make an, uh, a collar for her. Mm-hmm. Because she's really, like, she always wears really, really cheap collars. And I'm like, those are shitty. And they're probably destroying your neck. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we made one for her. Uh, and then I really wanted one because it's impossible to find one that is for bigger people. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> being able to make our own uh, and really was really nice because I can actually customize it to my size. Instead of all these tiny ones that you can get in stores. Yes. Uh, and then from there, we actually learned a lot more about leatherworking, got into finding like nice finishes so that we can uh, make them a lot more durable and also very comfortable for long time wear. Yes. And uh, we made them so that they're fashionable, uh, but still like fetish friendly. Yeah. So they're really good for day wear collars, but also a lot of people who aren't into the scene, it's something that they really like wearing as well. Yeah. Because that was, yeah, everyone likes the heart, the heart ring now. Yeah, you have a really cute one with the heart ring. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then we find found uh, fairly recently, I guess actually a couple months ago, technically, we got uh, heavier suede, so we can start doing different colors. Love it. And then hopefully, hopefully soon we can do, like, harnesses, which I really want. Um, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, I really want to do, like, a pink chest harness at some point, because that would be the most adorable thing ever. <laughs> yeah, because it's all very similar to, like, if you're making exactly. a collar, it's not too far away it's just learning where like how to do the sizing properly for everyone and then having uh, a nice and not like bad looking way to have adjustable ones mm-hmm. because it's not as stretchy as like elastic which i find a lot of people make them out of yes so having um finding out wh- which way we can make them really adjustable but still look nice <laughs> yeah so we're hopefully soon <laughs> and have that like leather look that yeah. have that authentically leather yeah look. and still yeah. have it like cutesy yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's it's wearable. It's aesthetics, exactly. right? It's 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 fashion. It's fashion and like fetish. how do you say how do you say fashion in French? Oh gosh, why am I? I can't think right now. <laughs> I'm sorry to put you on the spot. So you were saying it's yeah. like it's fashion and fetish, like yeah. it's yeah. So it's something that like 
not everyone's gonna be like, oh, you're a kinky person, but also like still like, oh, that's really pretty. I kind of want that. Yeah. Or people <laughs> that are kinky people are like, they're kinky. <laughs> subtle, subtle way of saying it. Yeah. Though yeah. I've had people um, assume that our O-ring collars were uh, mouth, uh, like, bo- like mouth gags. Yes. Right. I'm like, I'm like, are you offended that people are wearing that in their necks? I'm like, no. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that was really weird. Um, and yeah, so, so cause I worked at um, a sex shop for so long, mm-hmm. I've, dealt with a lot of people coming in for collars and half the time it's like they can't find ones that fit um and also the ones we do get in are like overly bulky and they're not really that comfortable or they're for everyday wear yeah and a lot of people are like oh don't you have anything like similar like smaller or like much more simpler more um, comfortable more comfortable bigger not smelling like plastic oh i know oh god i know again like me working in sex toy retail as well it's like why is everything so toxically smelling like oh you just want like a nice leather collar yeah there's uh the store i worked at until very recently actually i my last uh shift was like two weeks ago oh um <laughs> they just got in a line right before i left and it smelled so bad. Oh, that's so worse. They looked pretty, but they had like the snapback, and it was like two sizes. Yeah. So it's like for like. For know, who? Who's wearing this? There's yeah. Only, like two people coming at a time. Like it's like one of like five people will be able to fit this stupid thing. And, yeah. Like. We got in these collars that are like they're in pastel colors, which is fun. Oh, that's cool. Um, and they've got a like little jewel on them, but man, are they like sandpaper on the inside? Oh no. Which can be good for certain types of play, right? To yeah. have a really fucking, like, uncomfortable collar. But, like, I, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm kind of getting, like, fun fetish ideas, like, torture ideas, like, because of how uncomfortable this collar is. But I can tell you for sure that was not the intention <laughs> behind the engineering of this collar. It's just made of the cheapest, like, oh, no. roughest stuff. And it's like... I could see how I could make this into something, but it's like, no, that is, that is just poorly made. The poor people were going to buy them and then like spend all this money on it and then go home and then wear it twice. Be yeah. Super uncomfortable. Deal with like the fun rashiness you get. You for sure are getting a rash from this one collar I'm talking about. Like it is sandpaper. It's so bad. <laughs> That, that's why we're making the way ours the way we are. It's like, these are comfortable. Like, they're finished <laughs> properly. They're not going to cause all this irritation. Yeah. Um, the most that we have issue is, is like, making sure everything is uh, nickel-free, mm. which we're still trying to find hearts that are nickel-free. So, unfortunately, Yeah, because a lot not... of people have the allergy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, we've managed to find, like, everything else is nickel-free, except for, like... The hearts. The hearts. Damn. Or we have to, like, use, um, even, like, rivets for our, our collars. We have to use, like, brass on the inside to be mm. able to do um, uh, a nickel-free version of it. Because even that, there's it's almost impossible to find nickel-free versions. Yeah. And also ones that are affordable. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah, can, we can do, like, the heart ring ones, but it's going to cost way too much money to, like, get them, like, replated. Yeah. So it's we're trying to also make everything still affordable and not, like, overpriced. Uh, it's Like, even our, our collars are fairly cheaply priced for what they are in comparison to, like, 
the really ridiculously priced cheap ass ones you get from uh, certain sex stores like that that once again are one time use products. <laughs> yeah. They're they're <laughs> probably going to fall apart like after a few wears. <laughs> yeah. And even if you especially if you're actually using them oh, for God. some type of play. That thing is like <laughs> one section and it's like a piece of material <laughs> on the floor. If if you have any like sort of like um like collar or collar a leash. leash to it. Yeah, you pull on it just going like, to pull off your partner and you're just like, "Oh, well, oh, there's well, the money crap. gone." Yeah. <laughs> the scene is ruined. <laughs> I found, like, even our, like, our simple, like, collars, they actually work really well for tucking on them. Great. Which was really nice to find out, because I've actually sold a few of the D-ring ones with, with leashes, and they've I've watched people tug them. It's been interesting to be able to, like, watch people use the products in front of us. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Functional and fashionable. <laughs> Yeah. Are you able to speak just for a little bit on, like, this whole, like, on collaring, on collar lead leash, like, a little bit on what people use that for, use them for in play? So, from what I've got, because uh, I usually used to use it for more of um, ownership and pos- possession. Yes. Uh, so, a lot of people I know who, and also I've experienced, uh, when I've been with partners, and they've wanted exclusivity a lot of the time, it was, uh, they presented me with a collar, um, to kind of, like, dictate that you are owned as a nice, like, Mm -hmm. presentation of, like, here's my symbol, uh, and my reminder of my owner, um... Like a wedding ring, but around your neck. And it's much more prettier and less inconvenient. (laughs) (laughs) You won't lose it! Exactly! (laughs) You won't lose it down the sink! If you do, that's that's skill. (laughs) Uh, You really didn't want it in the first place, did you? It's just one way to... I'm sorry! Jamming that collar down the sink in the washroom. Like, uh, like weird, like, having to get a plumber in. (laughs) (laughs) The plumber is a collar. What is your life? (laughs) I like the best conversations from them. And, um, yeah, it's mostly for, like, kind of this representation of, like, your ownership, Mm -hmm. um, or I know a lot of people who use the ones for, like, leading them around, so there's a lot of them that get, like, D-rings, uh, so that there's a way that you can clip onto it, and you can still hold someone around with it. Mm -hmm. The O-rings and the heart rings, you can, I just find they're a little bit more uncomfortable, but there are people who really like that still. It's that nice, like, when you tug at it, it still, like, kind of, like, gives you a bit of a choking sensation. Which a lot of people really like that sensation for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was talking about the sandpaper sensation. (laughs) Some people are into it. I mean... (laughs) There's something for everyone. (laughs) I'm not going to yuck someone else's yum. Yep, totally. (laughs) Um, And uh, so are you finding people are using your products like more for practical purposes, like for use or for like wearing around and looking cute? I I think a large portion are, it's because they look cute. Yeah. Um, that's the nice thing between L'Amour Propre, uh, Propre and Wheel and Breach is uh, L'Amour, Pro- L'Amour Propre is much more accessible to everyone in yes. comparison to like Wheel and Breach which is, you are clearly looking for something for kinky purses. Yes. Or I guess cheese boards if you really want the paddles for that reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a really nice, overly expensive cheese board. Yeah, um, which I had a friend who actually was on vacation and bought like a cutting board, cheese board, like to use as a paddle. They, they work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Again, it's quick. like MacGyvering, you know, <laughs> something that's not totally engineered for it. But yeah. But yeah. <laughs> we do get like, we do get people asking for or, or looking more for the more fetish size as well, which is nice. Um, that's why we've been like with our pins and all that, we have a wide range of both like sex 
specific or sex positive ones, and then we have like the ones for uh, gender expression or just uh, ones for everyone. I try to like make it as as wide as and accessible as everyone uh, for as possible for everything. Yeah. What are? Can you give me some examples of what are some of the name pins? Uh, so I have like brat or uh, don't talk to me, uh, leave me alone. Great. One eight hundred fuck off. It's one of my favorite ones. One eight hundred fuck off. It's everyone loves that one. I mean, okay, I I like those specifically, just the ones you mentioned because like sometimes I'm. I, I attend events and like in the sex and sexuality community and I'm not, you know, I'm not always looking to pick up like, yeah, I'm DTF for everybody, but like, and I'm super sex positive, but that doesn't mean that I want to be approached all the fucking time. So like, I'm, I'll be hanging out at Oasis, like for a variety of different reasons. Sometimes it's like for my business and whatever. And it's like, I'm not here to play. So for me, I'm like, that's fucking perfect. Just slap on a pin and be like, not interested. We even have like owned ones as well. And then nice. we also do uh, little collar tags as well that have like owned or slut or kitten. Ooh, so you like that that you can hang off yeah. your collar. Yeah. We have like the tiny, small D ring ones, like the, the kitteny ones that we actually put like a, we can put like a, uh, pet tags essentially is what they are, oh, but we cut cute. them ourselves that say like owned and all. Yeah, yeah. It's another other ways of like singling that you're not available or not specifically looking. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. I love the uh, don't talk to me ones for like TTC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just every day. Not even when you're out of ways. It's just like all the time. Like, <laughs> please leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> and then we have like the gender ones, obviously for like gender. Uh, fluid, interqueer, non-binary, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, <laughs> and it's really fun at events where you get, like, a large variety of people. So people who are like, I don't understand what that is. And we're like, oh, <laughs> God. We have this long conversation. So Read like, a book. <laughs> oh. Go online. I've got this lovely site for you. It's called Tumblr. <laughs> you will learn a lot. <laughs> Even better, go on FetLife and you'll learn what the rest of them say. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a vet life page like I for do. your business? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's... Oh my god, friend me. I will. <laughs> I... Uh, yeah, it's uh, L uh, Amour underscore. Oh, sorry, no dash prop uh, propre. Sorry. Yeah. I was. I'm so lazy with my speaking. It's <laughs> <laughs> so when we have to like constantly say it. Now we've ended up shortening everything. Yeah, and you have to anglophone things. Exactly. For people that don't speak French, like myself, yeah. you're like, you can just say l'amour proper. And I'm like, I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> like, even like, I, I speak uh, French sometimes with my family, so it's, I still don't get to, to be able to speak French, but uh, now that I've lived in an area where I've never had to, like, speak French as much, other than at work, uh, it's been, I haven't, I've mostly stopped speaking French, which is unfortunate. Tell, I, tell me uh, what you're telling me pre-recording. It's quite funny. Oh, um, so... <laughs> Uh, at my work, I was the only French speaker there, and we'd get, at like... At the sex shop that At the sex shop that yeah. I was working at, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, we'd get, like, a lot of French people coming in, and uh, they would get really frustrated because no one there spoke uh, French, and they didn't speak English, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so my coworkers would be really trying to help them, and it would you'd watch them get, like, super, super frustrated. And by the time I got down there, this lady was so frustrated, and I was like, I asked her what she wanted, and she's just like, La crème anelle! <laughs> Le creme anel. <laughs> oh, I can help you. I'm so sorry. My coworkers are dumb. <laughs> and I'm going to guess just from an Anglo person, I'm I'm guessing anal lubricant. She's looking uh, for it? Yeah. Or, yeah, she. there's actually <laughs> the word for lubricant in French is uh, lubrifriant. Oh, my. So it's not even like... The, Say it again. <laughs> lubrifriant. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
but she was like she, I, when she was explaining to me she wasn't using like the proper terminology obviously because mm. she's never had uh, she explained that she'd never used it before okay she just knew that there was a cream that she needed for her butt <laughs> okay so you literally meant anal cream yeah <laughs> Which is not really a thing. Yeah. I mean, there are masturbating creams uh, which for she, she dudes. explaining to me. It was like, she wanted a cream. Like, I, I think at the end it was like, she wanted a sensitizing cream. Ah, yes. But she okay. had no idea how to explain this. And so she was trying to explain this to me. People have zero idea what's going on. And also, don't use desensitizing cream. It's exactly. dangerous. Yeah. yeah. It gets, it's in this long trans after like, oh, you want this, but you actually don't want this. You don't explain want this. this. I'm going to veer you away from this. It's, but there's people who will still get it, even though you can explain everything wrong with it. Same with, like, jelly toys. You'll be like, hey, these are all these Don't things, like, started. spend a little bit longer, uh, sorry, spend more money and get, like, a, a silicone toy that's going to last you longer, etc. Like, all these other reasons you're not, you're going to, yeah. yeah. For me, I'm like, okay, sure, get that toy, please use a condom, please buy this toy cleaner, and they're just, <laughs> that sometimes freaks them out enough not to buy it. I'm like, use this, okay, go right ahead, but you're going to need to buy condoms to use with it. And they're like... What? It's like I'm serious, man. Like, <laughs> want to buy cleaners? This like, stuff is not regulated. Like, exactly. God, you like there are cancer-causing ingredients, like probably all over these products. Like, yeah. no one's monitoring it. It's like, but people will still buy it because it's cheap, and that's oh, they yeah. want like that quick intro to, to using it. But they don't want to spend the money and actually care about their bodies. Yeah. <laughs> and I get again, again the one-use products, the one-use time, one-time products. Yeah. Again, they're like gonna use it once and then throw it out, and I'm like, okay, well maybe if you're gonna do yeah. that. But like, I hate that that's like the sex toy culture that it's like. <laughs> but there's people who will still use it, and there's also people who won't clean things. Uh, I know. <laughs> I'm happy that with like with uh, wheel and breeches stuff, there's also a cleaning instruction. Because oh, hopefully nice. people will clean them properly. Yeah. <laughs> and even, like, it. maintenance. I imagine with, like, nice wood products, you've got to, like... Uh, I think his... his uh, to take care of it. Yeah. There's, like, some like, care instructions. Yeah, there's, like, a nice yeah. little expl- explanation on how to, like, properly take care of this thing that you're spending, like, a lot of money on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because hopefully Perfect. if you're spending that much money, you're actually going to care about your products. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. meant to be, like, an investment long-term piece. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, these, these are more things that are going to last you uh, years rather than, like uses yes uses oh, we yes. even got to like test with like pro doms oh yeah so we actually got to see how well they actually last between uh with people who are actually using them very like heavily so <laughs> heavy we, use <laughs> we say like this is very beginner we, we mean it's very beginner or like if this is gonna last you it's gonna last you because you've had people be like oh i'm gonna break that i'm like no you're not no, try <laughs> i'd like me. to see you try <laughs> but i would not like to be the person receiving when <laughs> you're trying or but or where else you decide to smack i mean hopefully in a padded area but like yeah. I mean, I'd also kind of like to see the butt, like, wow, that's beautiful for what you've done. <laughs> like, like, the 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 artwork of after a spanking. Uh, I love to see marks on a butt. That's Is it just me? Oh, no. It's, Ladies, am I right? <laughs> it's just beautiful artwork of a many, uh, of a long session. It's <laughs> memories. <laughs> anyway, we, uh, we tangent tangented for a little while there but uh we should also wrap up our second half here oh, with you yes. Tal. uh are you able to tell us where we can find everything for last chance last chance l'amour luck. l'amour propre that's good oh my god what am i doing wrong tell <laughs> no, me l'amour say it again l'amour propre oh propre yeah proper oh, i'm the worst <laughs> 
<laughs> my partner's a French speaker too, but uh, clearly it's not worked through osmosis on me. It's also like having to like learn the muscles for it too. Yes, yeah, yeah. how you form. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So um, yes, please. on Instagram and Twitter, it's l underscore um, uh, sorry l underscore amour propre, mm-hmm. uh, and then on Facebook, it's uh. L'amour propre store, all one word. Mm-hmm. And then uh, l'amour propre dossier for our website. Fantastic. <laughs> I could not get everything exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and are, is any of those products anywhere in stores? or Yes. Or do you do um, like booths in uh, festivals, stuff like that? We will be at the Pink Market. Great. Um, and I believe probably, hopefully, uh, Rock Arctic Fair again this year. Um, but uh, yes, I'm in uh, Cake Toronto uh, and... And good for her. <laughs> good for her. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, that one's fairly new. Like, it was literally at the beginning of the month. We got our stuff into good for her, which I'm so excited about. I love Carlisle. <laughs> She's fantastic. I'm terrified of her and also, like, admire her. <laughs> I'm terrified. She's, like, so tall, and I'm like, oh, you yes. are so cool. <laughs> yeah. So tall and so cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as well as in Ottawa, we're at Venus Envy and uh, The Alternative. Okay, perfect. So basically, almost everywhere you find um we all breaches products great yeah you're a partnership in yes. every sense of the word it's yeah <laughs> our house is pretty much uh our workspace at this point like it's get up uh, i have to package things we have to <laughs> yep your worker bees <laughs> basically yeah even in bed like where i'm sitting there on my like work stuff responding to messages it's it never ends <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is amazing. Uh, I want to thank you both so much for coming and speaking with me today. Thank you for having us. Oh, my God. My pleasure. So, everyone, again, uh, this has been Josh and Tal. Uh, check out all their social media stuff. And, um, oh, I don't know. We might have a giveaway for you guys in 2018 um, from one of these fantastic companies. So, come out to Bedpost and maybe get a free collar. What? I know. <laughs> um, everyone, and I'm Erin Pym, and this has been the Bedpost Podcast. Check back weekly, everybody, because we release a new episode every single Friday. And if you want to rate and review the podcast on iTunes while you're there, I would really, really love it. If you're in Toronto and want to see Bedpost Live, like I just mentioned, the Variety Stage Show runs at the Social Capital Theatre the third Friday of every month at 8. And uh, really big news, we're starting to do the last Tuesday of every month at the Super Wonder Gallery. So we're going to have a show in the East End monthly and a show on the West End monthly. If you have any uh, comments, suggestions, or questions, shoot me an email at the bedpostsexshow at gmail.com. Uh, visit our website, bedpost.ca. And lastly, the Bedpost podcast features original music by Stephanie Copeland, who can be reached at her website, stephcopelandmusic.com. 